Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. I'm Brad Wilson. Welcome to another podcast of Loving the Christ Life, featuring wonderful teachings from Warren Litzman from the archives of the Christ Life Fellowship. Visit us online, christ-life.org. Dispensations, a wonderful subject that we're into now, and Warren Litzman is the best in explaining the dispensations for you. Let's get right into it. Here's Warren. The hardest thing you'll ever do is move out of law into grace. Because that's going to end your association with all the things that have happened to you in your life. I've run into very few people who tell me in their testimony, I died at the cross. I was in him at the cross and I died. You understand that? God did away with us in a death. And he brought us back to life with a new life. We ended in death. I am crucified with Christ. Romans 6. Crucified with Christ. These are old things, but add them to this thought of a new dispensation. This this dispensation didn't start off with God telling people what to do. It started off with a new life in us. Do you see the difference? But if you don't know about that new life, it isn't worth a nickel. If it's not preached to you, You'll never live it. You ought to hear the awful things some of my preacher friends say about grace. You know why they say it? They're selfish. Because they don't want people ever being freed by the Christ life. They want them beholden to the church and to the law. I had a radio preacher to tell me I could never preach grace over the radio. They'd quit supporting me. One of my friends, pastor friends said, I could never preach pure grace because they'd quit tithing. He's right. Everybody that comes into grace quits tithing. That's not a New Testament word. That's not a grace word. But what everybody does that comes into grace, they make all the money Christ and they give what they feel led to give, which is not law, that's grace. You see, there are two different messages. You must never attach a human personality to a message. You must attach every message to what's written in this book. Are you aware of that? It's what's written in the book. If my preacher didn't preach the grace that Paul lays out for us, I'd ask him why. If he couldn't give me a good answer, I'd quit him. I'd quit him. 
So don't leave here going to your preacher and tell him I told you to quit him. <laughs> that isn't the message. The essential necessity of the Apostle Paul in this book is seldom ever talked about. We only have one Apostle of grace. Isn't that funny? Peter and Paul had a discussion about it one day and Peter said, no, that's just too hard on me. I can't give up my law. I won't give up my law. And so Peter ended denying people the gospel of grace. James, the half-brother of Jesus, never did enter grace, as far as we know. And to this date, theologians have a problem fixing James in the New Testament. But he's there to show us the contrast between law and grace. The one disciple that did listen to Paul. And he had over 30 years to listen to Paul, something James and Peter didn't have. But John had over 30 years to get a hold of the true gospel. And he wrote much of it in his gospel. He is the only one that brings out a semblance of what the gospel was to be in the dispensation of grace. He got a hold of Paul's writings during those 30 years he lived in Patmos. And during those years he studied Paul and he got a lot of the message, or else he could not have written John 15 when he said, the life of the branch is in the vine. <coughs> he could have never said that without Paul. But it was 30 years at least later that we get his gospel. In the meantime, we're dependent upon Paul. So get this fact in your mind. The only writer in this book that ever writes God's final message to humanity in grace is Paul. The only one. Nobody else uses the word even Gentile. No other writer in the New Testament writes on the cross of Jesus Christ. Peter comes the closest to it. In one of his writings, he talks about a tree where Jesus died. He says nothing about what the cross means. No writer in the New Testament writes on the cross. The cross is never mentioned in the book of Revelation. They're back under the law. That bothers me. That God had a masterful teacher whom I believe is the greatest teacher in the Bible. The Apostle Paul was the greatest message that anybody ever had in the Bible. And none of
writers, theologians, apostles, or prophets in his day paid any attention to it. Solemn, isn't it? Awful, isn't it? But it's the same today. It's the same today. The great preachers today don't preach Paul's message. The radio preachers don't preach him. The television preachers don't teach him. Oh, they mention the word grace. Don't be deceived. Mercy and grace came by Jesus Christ. You can't hardly talk about Jesus and not see mercy and grace. But that's not the gospel. That's not the message. One man was given the message. One man to whom Jesus gave the message. Ironically, God had given the message to all the leaders in the Old Testament. But when it came to the dispensation of grace, it was Jesus who gave the message to Paul. The very Jesus that had told his apostles just a few days in the upper room message, just a few days before he died, to remember what I have taught you out of Moses' law. That same Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father who had ascended back to heaven 13 years later gave the Apostle Paul another gospel. It was to be the final gospel because the gospel of grace starts with Christ dying on the cross and us meeting Jesus in the air. After the rapture, there will never be grace again. After the rapture, there will be no grace during the millennium. There will be God's love through Jesus Christ ruling this world. And anybody that doesn't love him back will be destroyed. The nations, these rebel nations living in our world now where we can't even go in and preach the gospel. We can't even take a Bible into some countries. They take them out when you go through customs. We send material now into uh, Abu Dhabi. What about Abu Dhabi? New famous new city. Has 100 story buildings in it. That's Dubai. Huh? That's Dubai. Dubai, you're right. Dubai it is. We send literature in there, but we cut our name off of it. We cut off that it comes from a religious group. They don't allow anything coming from a religious group to get passed in the mails. So we learn to get around them. We just cut off everything off about Christ's life on the envelope or a box or whatever it is we send and just put warning Robbie Litzman and it gets in.
I told you grace was a failure. Yes, yes. God intended it to go to the whole world. God intended the whole world to hear about it and to know what it meant. But the world doesn't know about it. Romanism. Dear Catholic brethren, many of them are saved, but it still preaches law. The main law preacher in religion is Catholicism. More so than some of the Pentecostal holiness. Law. It's not easy to get out of law into grace. We face it with our children. We want our children to have the message of Christ as life. But they go to Christian schools, and the Christian schools tell them about David and the slingshot. Noah swallowing the whale. No. I've said that many times. I kind of wake you up. The Apostle Paul was not to take this message to just Gentiles. He was to take it to the whole world. When he left Judaism, where they had powerful looking buildings then, he, to my knowledge, never got into another building. He went to visit the apostles a couple of times in Jerusalem and they never let him preach in the Jerusalem church. A failure. It's all a failure. It's God's direct message where he says, I'll not trust you anymore. I'm going to trust the Christ that lives in you. He did it. He did it by the cross. His most precious possession died that he could put the life and spirit of that person in you and I. Any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Isn't that plain? God fixed it just like he wanted it. He caused us to be rebirthed. You can't have Christ in you without a rebirth. You must, most important words Jesus said before he left, you must be born again. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Isn't that ironical that that episode event of Jesus meeting Nicodemus never made the Bible until 30 years after John left and went to Patmos. 
could have been living the life of another who bears all your sorrows, all your troubles, all your sicknesses. He takes care of them. He lives in you. He is you to the Father. That's what a Christian is. But the message never got around. It still hasn't got around. The only people God can depend upon is if anybody who listens to me is stirred, they're going to talk about it. Lynn, out of this group, came to me this morning. Is Lynn here? Yeah, Lynn came, said she got in trouble this last week talking dispensations to her friends. They don't know. They don't want to know. They don't want to know. They say, well, I can go to heaven with this. I'm going to tell you something. I've got an exclaimer put on that. And I explain it this way. If you are not rebirthed when the rapture takes place, you will not make it. You must be born again. You can't have a religious experience and make it. Why? The only ones that make the rapture are those that are in the family in the family. That means you have the seed in you. No, and not. We are born again, not by a corruptible seed like from our parents, but by an incorruptible seed. You've been rebirthed. They are the only ones that will make the rapture. I've never said that much in my life. I just figured everybody's trying to live the Christian life and make it. It's going to take more than that. The rapture is going to separate the sheep and the goats. It's going to separate those who do and those who don't, those who can and those who won't. You must be born again. Salvation is not a church thing. Salvation is not an altar thing. Salvation is a new life in you. I've been saying that for years, but I never hollered it like that. <laughs> Paul brings us that message. It comes out of the cross. But did you know that not one time, I said this a moment ago, but I want to say it again in another way, not one time did one of the twelve apostles ever mention the cross. You know why? The law was so strong in them. The law was. that the Messiah could never die. And when he died, they were heartbroken and heartsick. 
and they never recovered. They kept the law to the end of the writings in this book. This book is divided into two parts, not New and Old Testament. The book is divided by prophecy and the mystery. Three, no. four-fifths of this book is given to prophecy. It's a book of prophecy. You know what the other small part, one-fifth of the book is? Paul's epistles. Only one-fifth of the book belongs to the Gentiles. Only one-fifth of the book has the message of the rapture in it. Get that. Only one-fourth of the book has the message of the cross in it. Five times Paul gives us words on and about the cross. You know why Christians go in circles? Because they can't live off the poison of a commingled gospel. I say that because I run into people almost every day that's had problems with their medicine. I was about to go crazy until the doctor took me off of that. Or I, I did, couldn't sleep at night until the doctor took me off of this. They're all mixed up, you see. That's a commingling. That's what happened to the gospel. That's what happened to the scriptures. It's all messed up. And somebody that comes along and tries to unmess it is a fool. But Paul took care of that too. He said, preaching of this gospel will be done by fools. The kingdom message has taken the place of grace today. That's the most awful thing Satan has ever done to good people. He's gotten their minds fixed on health and prosperity, that that's what life and death is all about. And they forgot that we're here in a dispensational period that's going to end with us being taken out of this world. To the Father's house. We are a special group of people. We were intended to be special as Christians. Every Christian is intended to be special. If you can show me a Christian anywhere that is saved, I can show you where Christ lives. He's in them. But there are very few I find that know that. There are very few that understand that. 
that's why I say if you're going to make the rapture, you must be born again. And if you're not planning on making the rapture, the odds are against you. You could come out of the great tribulation. There will be a few who do that. But there will be nobody praying for you at the time. There will be no preacher with truth at the time. You'll be alone, and a bunch of them are going to get their head chopped off just for believing in Christ. That's a grisly story, isn't it? <laughs> so we live in a new world of a new gospel. Every time you feel your problems are just too much and God isn't real to you, remember, at one time and place when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, He didn't save you from the outside. He's saving you from the inside. That's where He is. That's where He is. Christ lives in me, Paul says. God revealed His Son in me, Paul says. It's plainly written. But no other writer gives us all the blessings of grace. For instance, the in Christ position came by the Apostle Paul. Nobody else mentions it in the Bible. Nobody else talks about it. Nobody else in the scriptures mentions the resurrection of the believer. That's why when preachers preach funeral, they have to go to Paul's message. He's the only one that preaches the dead coming out of the grave. The great mystery. I said four-fifths of the book is prophecy. It is. One-fifth of the book is Paul's message. In Paul's message, there is no prophecy. There are no prophecies in grace. People are not to be running around under, looking under every bush for the Antichrist. People are not to believe that everything that's taking place that's bad points to the coming of the Lord because it doesn't. In this dispensation, we have bad things, bad times. People die. Good people die. Our friends and loved ones die. And we're going to die. If you don't come soon, some of us look like we'll die before. <laughs> the great mystery is talked about only by Paul. What is the mystery? In case you don't know how the Bible is divided. The great mystery is Christ living in you. 
Galatians, where is it? Let me, I got to read that for you. Colossians, chapter 1. To whom God would make known, verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is the great mystery? You know, I've got, uh, I'm always telling you this, but I, I got right at 30 books written by theologians with the subject of Paul in their title, book title. And not a one of them ever mentioned the mystery. You can't find, unless they run across that scripture. If they run across that scripture, they'll go ahead and print it. But they, <coughs> they'll, <coughs> they'll talk about verse 24 and maybe verse 27. But we're not going to get into that thing where he says the great mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's funny how those are the tap dancers. They just tap dance on the scripture. Just here and there and never leave anything. And I love tap dancing. If you was going to ask me about my favorite kind of dancing, <laughs> which I don't have to never do, but I like tap dancing. I like to see these people that, and if two of them are doing it, I like to see them doing it alike. Boy, that's, I can't even do my two feet alike. <laughs> especially, especially now, since I've had three operations on one foot, my feet will never be the same again, so I'll never make a good group. <laughs> the mystery is brought to us only by Paul. Jesus called it, you must be born again, born again. Paul called it a great mystery. Belongs only to this dispensation. It's not something that everybody's going to get an answer to. But those who get saved and follow on to see the scriptures are going to know another person lives in them. The great mystery is Christ in you. That's your hope of glory. And that's why I change it to say the hope of the rapture. Because that's the same thing, getting the glory and using the rapture of the same, maybe. The modern church has excluded Paul from its teaching. I go into different churches all the time, and they'll have scripture verses on literature or something laying around a brochure or pictures on the wall. I never see one of these liberating verses from the Apostle Paul. Never see it. Because they don't believe it. And they're not going to preach something to you they don't believe. And if they were sitting in this room, they could take everything I'm saying and write it off. He's crazy. He's loony. He doesn't have anything to say. If I talk from this book, I'm much more a fool. Because they don't even do that anymore. The Apostle Paul is the only one that talks about the great doctrines of Christianity. 
identification, sanctification, justification. You know those big words? They are not mentioned anywhere in this book but Paul's epistles. Perpetuation. You read over them, you think, oh, those big words, I wish they were more simple words. No, they are truths and doctrines. Martin Luther could not have changed justification without Paul's epistles. John Calvin could have never come up with his wild idea of everybody being chosen, especially in some, especially not being chosen, but what he took it out of Paul's epistles. Why? That's the only place in this book anything is said. Now listen to me. Paul's epistles form only one-fifth. And I had an engineer to take that statement one day and go down. He said, you're wrong on that. He, Paul's epistles, 14 epistles, don't even form one-fifth of the Bible. And he's probably right. I just tried to make it so something would stick in your mind and start getting down to smaller figures. Only one-fifth of this Bible speaks to you. Only one-fifth of this Bible comes from our apostle. Only one-fifth of this Bible says anything about a rapture. Everybody believes in a rapture, but they believe it from some other part, mostly under the law. They do not believe what Paul says. The shout of the Lord and the voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we are waiting and remain, shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's what I believe. And I know people have... Preachers who have spent years studying Daniel and Habakkuk and Amos and the book of Revelation trying to put it all together. We got one of them that's got the rapture coming March the 11th, so you better hold on to your seat. You don't want to make a false rapture. No prophecy will spell the coming of the rapture. No preacher or human being, not even Jesus, knows when the rapture will take place. Don't be misled. Don't swallow everything that takes place. If he was going to come when times got hard, he should have come a long time ago. Doesn't he love us? Doesn't he love us enough to take care of us in hard times? Sure, he put his son in us. Christ lives in you. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, Christ liveth in me. That's the gospel. I didn't know I could holler like that. You haven't heard me holler like that in a long time. You're going to have to learn to judge what anybody says about this book by where they start talking. If they can't start talking about you must be born again or the mystery. The mystery is the same. 
The great mystery is Christ in you. How did he get in you? He was birthed in me. The old life of mine that was birthed in me was died at the cross. Now why do I still have trouble with my old life? It's because it's stuck in my mind. Stuck in my mind. If you'll notice, Paul never gives up on the mind. He writes more about the mind in his short epistles than are written about anywhere else in the book. He knew that when people came to this understanding, they'd have to make a great change in their mind. I can't do it. I've been preaching this going on 50 years, and I can't change anybody's minds. But I'll tell you this. You're going to have to change your mind. And the place you start is with these epistles. You start with them. We just put out a new CD. It's read by an old friend of mine who is in our fellowship, and he's a producer of Christian films in Hollywood. And I asked him if he would read Paul's epistles for me. Put them on CDs, and I'd publish them. He did that painstakingly. And he's a fellow that doesn't know anything about church history. He just come into this message and said, that's it. That's it. So he sat down. Took him a long time to read all 14 of Paul's epistles because we made him go back at least four times in some areas. And we got him. We got him on seven different CDs. Just Paul's epistles. And I realized I was going to be scalded. I've already been scalded by talking about Paul in most places. But that's all right. It's the truth that sets you free. But we took Paul's epistles because I had several people, a doctor in California, stayed after me a good while. He kept saying, I've got all of these things by other speakers cassettes and CDs on on the Bible. You can get them anywhere, Bible. But he said, what I'd like to have is something that's just Paul. Just Paul, because that's where my mind needs to be renewed. I don't need to be renewed by Moses. I don't need to be renewed by Abraham. I need to be renewed in my mind by Jesus Christ who spoke to the Apostle Paul. So we got him. So you can put a disc in your car and you can listen to Paul. You can listen to him all the time. And I'm going to tell you, you need to listen to some things a hundred times before you change your mind. I pray that you do that. The reason the modern church doesn't like Paul's epistles so much is because they fault Paul for not taking his message from Judaism. For preachers have preached all their life that Judaism is a basic for everything in the Bible. 
And so they study a lot in Hebrews. They study a lot in the Old Testament. And they're like the, like I did when I was a young preacher. I, I, I preached the tabernacle in the wilderness and I had every tissel, every, every string, every part of the tent, every pole. Something had to do with Jesus. And when I saw Christ as my life, that became foolishness. Oh, that's, that's really reaching out far for nothing. They didn't know a thing about Jesus when they put up a tent pole. And so Paul is the one who knew Christ as one who lived in him. And that's the one we need to, to study after him. And with that, I come slow down to an end. I basically talked out of my heart to you today. I want you to be gripped by this thing. I want you to do something about it. If you had taken our our fundamental set of videos, uh, DVDs, they're all DVDs. All of our sets are DVDs. Yet we have them in CDs, but anyhow, they're DVDs. But had you taken those, and you've been here long enough to have done that, every one of you should have gone through those 150 fundamentals. Because I spent a lot of time in there, and believe it or not, I draw diagrams for all this stuff I'm talking about. And it would have helped you. It would have made a, a, a point in your mind, a sticky point. It would have fixed you so that you wouldn't forget. Because that's our problem. Our forgetter works better than our remember, and we go back to what Mama taught us and what Grandpa said. So I want this to stick with you. We have other literature on it. I think we mentioned this in Paul the Apostle. You need to read some of this literature. Because if you've been mistaught all the days of your life, it's not going to be easy to get you to the true gospel. But I'm telling you this. I'm going to say it again. The only ones I see in this book to be raptured are those that are born again. God's children going home to their house. That's exactly what it's all about. He's going to bring all of his children that he has, he has birthed. He has birthed. He put that seed in you. That's your identification. Well, as you see, I could go on for hours. I quit right there. And God love you. What a precious group of people you are. You stood with the stuff. Let's, let's get the stuff broken up and given to people. Hey. Amen. We'll stop here, but we'll pick up next time where we left off. We hope you're enjoying these wonderful teachings of Warren Litzman. Right now we're in dispensations. Don't forget to join us on our website. Learn more about the In Christ message and this Christ life that we talk so much about. Christ-life.org is where you can find us. Christ-life.org. We'd like to thank Robbie Litzman for allowing us to go into the archives each week. Valerie Hill does our Twitter account. Tammy Laycock, she does our weekly podcast notes. And the program is produced weekly by Teresa Ferraro from the Christ Life Fellowship. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ life.